The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. It's another edition of Wrestle Podcast, and my guest tonight is militant Mark Magnum. How's it going, Mark? It's been better. Yeah, let's talk about this past Friday FGW show, uh, We Got Heat. It seems like nothing was going well for the code. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Nothing at all went right from the code, from my match to Fallen's match to Trice's match to Jonas's match to anybody that was involved in the code. I mean, we had Shea Solo and... And Kid Bullet just quit on us at the beginning of the show like cowards. They just tucked their tails and ran for the hills and didn't support us when we supported them. I mean, like I told you in our last video podcast, we made them. Chase Solo, Kid Bullet, they were nobody, absolutely nobody in the FGW locker room until the code put them on the map. Yeah, well, uh, um, when I interviewed Chase Solo, he had a few words to say to you as well. <laughs> well, he said, uh, you know, you got you guys were bringing them down and all that, and he was better off on his own with Kid Bullet, and that's why they recruited Jacob Rose. We wait, wait a minute. We were bringing them down. I, last I remember, Shane Solo was curtain jerking. Shane Solo wasn't doing anything relevant on the card. Shane Solo was an ordinary, average, mediocre wrestler at best until the code got their hands on him, and you got under the, the learning tree of me and Eric Fallen, and Trice, and Jackson Breeze, and all the talent that we had at the code, and those guys want to look like coming to us was a downgrade, they're sadly, or at least Chase Solo is sadly mis- uh, misunderstood. He's, he's mistaken. Yeah, what do you think about them um, recruiting uh, Jacob Rose? Well, Jacob, I, I can really care less. I've already put Jacob down. So it's not like I'm really worried about Jacob at all. He's, he's another nobody in the FGW locker room that is just somebody there to take a spot and try to hold on to a spot when you've got real talent like me. You've got real talent like Trice. You've got real talent like Fallen. You've got a CEO in Jackson Breeze that's going to still run the company despite the code not being in control. So uh, Jacob Rose, he's like very, very, very low on my radar right now. So what were your thoughts of uh, Brian Levick, uh, the owner of FGW, uh, beating Jonas to get full control of his company? Well, I mean, obviously he'd been training. I'll, I'll give him that much. I mean, he wasn't just going to jump in there with an athlete like Jonas and, and expect him just to be able to pull it off without any kind of training. So obviously somebody's been training and somebody's been showing him things because he was convincing out there. I was surprised at some of the things I've seen the man do. Am I happy that the code lost? Or by, by no means, not at all. I am, I am upset and, and distraught at the, at the fact that the code is no more, that the shirt that I have in my gear bag will not mean anything anymore, and the code is now dead. It kills me inside. I can't say anything more than that about it, because for me... It was kind of a shock because how, how we took control in the beginning was because of Jonas. So I'm figuring Jonas can pull another rabbit out of the hat and surprise everybody and shock the crowd because that's what I thought was going to happen, and it didn't. 
So uh, were you kind of a little upset about Jonas not uh, doing the tasks, what you wanted him to do? Like I told you in the previous video podcast that we did, I mean, if I'm mad at him, I have to be mad at everybody in the field. We all dropped the ball. From Steve losing to his brother in the casket match, all all the way on down. We, we lost every single match we were scheduled in last Friday. So if I'm mad at Jonas, that means i got to be mad at Steve. And i got to be mad at Fallen. And i got to be mad at Trice. And i got to be mad at everybody else that lost. I mean, I, am I mad? Oh, of course I am. But I'm mad at the code as a whole, as a group, how we just disintegrated and, 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 and you know, self-destructed right before the fans' eyes. That's what I'm mad about more than anything else. Well, through the past weeks, it seems like the code was really falling apart anyway. It seems like some of the members of the code weren't really getting along anyway. Well, I mean, you had the week before you had Douglas Andrews. After, he had to leave FGW because he lost to William Wolf. So, I mean, like I said, we were... There was a point where we were starting to gain momentum back up, and we were starting to become relevant again, and we were starting to get matches and, and, and win matches and, and do what we were supposed to do and execute the plan that I implemented from day one. And somehow everybody started getting their own agendas. Everybody started getting big heads. Everybody started not listening to what they were told. And this is why we're at where we're at, and the code is no more. And what are your thoughts about Zeta getting sent back to Mexico? I personally, that saddens me because Zeta was one of our top dogs. He was another guy, just like a Fallen, just like a Trice, just like a Jackson Breeze, that the younger guys in the code, like a like a JC Flash, like like a, like a Shea Solo, like like a Jonas, you know, like a Kid Bullet could get knowledge from. Zeta is so knowledgeable. He's world-traveled. He's not some guy that says he's world-traveled and ain't. He's world-traveled, and the fact that he got deported – I don't want to say it's part of the reason why the code's no more, but it damn sure didn't help. Also, for um, a bit, and you probably still have him on your radar, let's talk about Jay West. Jay West. Uh, me and Jay West have a lot of history. We've wrestled each other in several other companies, and we've always done good business with each other, but it killed me that somehow, and, and, and when I say this, I say it in the aspect of I'm disappointed that the plan did not get executed right because I had a plan and somehow Jonas screwed that up and and, and somehow, yeah, I ended up losing and that was how the night started. Other than the guys, other than Solo and Bullet quitting, the first match was me and Jay West and that set the tone. That's why when you ask me, if I, am I mad at Jonas? I can't be because I was supposed to. I was that that night. I was the pace setter. I was the tone setter. I was the bar setter, and I failed at my task. Jonas failed at his task. We all failed at our task. So for me to go and just point at one specific person, or blame one specific person, or blame one specific incident, is irresponsible on my part. I know what happened. We dropped the ball. That's what happened. We got confident, we got cocky, we got way overconfident in our ability to be able to execute the plan that I told all of them that needed to be executed. Oh, I know. I, yeah, like I said, that night, it, it, it just like fall, um, fell apart for you guys as well, you know. And that match with you and Jay West um, was actually a pretty good match, but... You know, it was sad. It went, you know, towards his way and not yours. And then, you know, I sensed everything was going to fall, you know, 
down, you know, that the code wasn't going to get their way and they weren't going to run FGW or keep on doing what they're doing this wall. And then all the matches were coming and um, everyone in the code was losing. I bet you, I bet that was probably tearing you up inside. I bet Jackson was frustrated during that whole night. Well, don't act all sentimental, Robin, because you were one of the first ones when we did the video podcast that night that was happy that the coach no more. So don't give me no violins and sob songs and, and sob stories and things and then make it seem like you care that the code is gone. You were one of the ones that was happy that the code was done. So don't come at me now acting like, oh, it's so sad that you guys are no more or you, know, you guys had to be frustrated or act like you even have an inkling of concern for the code. Because you don't. I know you don't. The people know you don't. So let's just move on to the next question. All right. Let's move on to the next question. Um, let's talk about uh, Eric Fallen. Lately, he's been, you know, getting a little attitude when the code was still around and stuff. And he was, you know, uh, getting cocky of everybody. It seems like he wanted to have his own agenda. And that, that's what I alluded to earlier. That, like, instead of you guys, instead of the guys in the code, sticking to the plan, sticking to what I laid out for each one of them. They all had their own head on their shoulders. They all had their own egos. And like you just said, they all had their personal agendas. And Fallon was one of them. And, and you know, Trice was one of them. Jonas was one of them. Every, I mean, Bullet and, and, and Solo, obviously, they had their own agenda. Flash couldn't beat Ricky Clam, a guy with a club foot. And, and, and J.C. Flash could not beat somebody as simple and easy I mean, you couldn't have handpicked a better opponent for Flash, and he dropped the ball. We all dropped the ball. It was just a giant cluster, and that's all I'm going to say. Yes, and also on social media, you posted out a video about uh, your thoughts on um, you know Shea Solo and Kid Bullet. So, what are you end up going to be uh, doing to them? You know, like since we talked about it and talked about it on the past video interview about them, you know, leaving and ignoring you. Do you do you plan retribution on these guys? Listen, even though the code is dead, the rules of the code still apply. I will not break kayfabe, but I will tell you this much. If I've ever, 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 ever booked against either one of them in a match, trust me, retribution will be taken that night. Now, on a plan or what I plan on doing, I will not tell you that. I just know if I ever step in the ring with either one of them, both of them, I don't care. For them leaving us, for them just deserting us like it was like we were soldiers in the field fighting a battle and they just decided to go ahead and pack up shop and go on back home or find their own way or go their own path. It was the wrong time of all nights for them to walk out on us, of all nights for them to desert us and leave us there in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the rain, just shocked because two of our soldiers just said, screw you guys, I'm out. Yeah, there will be retribution coming. Whenever it comes, it's coming. Yeah, I definitely feel sorry for those guys as well. You feel sorry for them? We raised them to new heights, Robin. Have you not heard what I've been saying? We raised them to new heights. Did you give a crap about Shea Solo before? Did you give a crap about Kid Bullet before? No, you didn't. They did not become relevant until the code took them under their wing, and we molded them, and we shaped them, and after they realized what we had done with them, all of a sudden, now they're big stars. All of a sudden, now they're too cool for school. Now, all of a sudden... They're too big to listen to the elder members of the code. They think they know what's best. They think they know what they should do. Well, 
if I ever get in the ring with them, they'll find out real quick that their decision was a wrong one. Also, um, are you going to go to the FGW Arena uh, this week to cover up the code on the wall? I'm not going to do anything. Because for me, the code was a symbol of excellence. It was a symbol of a group of guys that were tired of the way the company was going to be ran. And we came together for, at the time, a common goal. And as you can see, and as we've already spoke about, the common goal turned into individual goals. And that's why the code disintegrated. That's why the code code is no more. And unfortunately, the code will not be back at FGW. As much as you fans hate us, I don't give a damn what any of you fans think of me or the code or what we did while we were at FGW. We put people on their ear. We put butts in seats. We made FGW relevant. So all you naysayers can say what you want about the code because at the end of the day, we made that company mean something. We made people come to see what was going to happen next. What was the code going to do next? Who are they going to attack next? How bad was it going to be this time? Every single time we had a show and the code was in control, we made the people wonder what was going to happen next. Um, and after everything went falling down with you guys this past Friday as well, um, you guys got kicked out of the nice locker room. Looks like you won't be spoiled sitting in the beautiful locker room anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Where I get dressed does not matter. It's about the combat. It's about the ring. I'm, ooh, wow, I'm in a crappier locker room. Or, ooh, wow, I can't come through the curtain. Or whatever the situation is going to be now. I don't care. It doesn't matter where I come out at. Because when I come out, people come out. People turn out. People show up when Mark Magnus in the building. When Trice is in the building. When Fallen's in the building. When the right guys are there, it doesn't matter what's going on. Also, when you come out, um, you get a large pop by the fans, you know, uh, rooting for you or uh, totally against you as well. And what are your thoughts when some of the fans uh, chant Cocoa Puffs? Now, Robin, we went through this before. I've told this in other venues before. I mean, I I had people calling me buckwheat. And, you know, I've shaved my head off weeks ago. And I've got people calling me Buckley. I've got the stupid Cocoa Puff chant that's followed me for the last five or six or seven years now to any company I go to. Somehow that word gets said. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This racist chant that the fans started that they think so funny. I don't even have hair anymore, but somehow I'm a Cocoa Puff. When I'm one of the most talented guys in the building, a Hall of Fame wrestler at another company in the state of Ohio, and somehow I'm a cocoa puff. Somehow I'm a nobody. Or somehow I get treated differently because of the way I look or the way I act or the way I talk or the way I dress. I get care less what the fans think because I did all this despite the fans. I started the code despite the fans. Oh, you've got all these FGW heroes that you love so much. When Brian Levick was blocking me from competing in FGW from day one, and Jackson was the one that ironed that out and made it to where I could compete, I'm supposed to now all of a sudden care what the fans think when they weren't backing me from day one. They weren't backing me from Jump Street. They weren't looking out for Mark Magnum. Nobody was, but I was, and I always will. And the fans can chant what they want because at the end of the day, Mark Magnum is one of the most talented guys in the company, bar none. Um, also, since you know the cult disbanded, everybody went their separate ways. Um, are there some of the members? 
you know, of the used to be code that still have allegiance to you? I would think that Trice still does. I would think that Fallen still does. I would think Jonas still does. Because it didn't beat him down after he lost the daggone company to us. Or for us, I should say. He's the one that lost it. And I didn't lose my cool. Because of what had happened the entire night. Like I said, if I was mad at him, I'd have to be mad at everybody else. So, are there still some loyal? Yeah, Jonas is loyal. Yeah, Trice is still loyal. Yeah, Fallen is still loyal. The rest of the code, Steve, and some of the others, I'm not exactly sure because we haven't talked since the show. But I know Trice and I are still on the same page. I know me and Paul are still on the same page. Jackson and I are still on the same page. And as far as I know, so is Jonas. So the code might be dead. All right. Yeah. But there might still be the mission that still gets accomplished. I have a feeling there's going to be something, you know, going to be like, going your way i just have a feeling as well i'm also since you know they made a brand new title they're gonna have a uh i guess some kind of like a rumble match to see who's gonna uh get the coveted future grit wrestling title as well so do you see you being the next fgw champion well if i say no i'd be an idiot of course i want to be the fgw champion and do i see myself of course I've been champion just about every single company I've worked in this business in 11 years. So am I sitting there thinking to myself, I can't become the FTW champion? Of course I can. One of their last champions was Space Invader, which was a joke in my opinion that he was the champion. And Trice taking the belt off of him was appropriate because it just exposed him for the nobody that he was. Now, Brian Beach won the title. Me and Brian Beach have history. He's got time in this business. I respect him. I understand why he left. And I have no problem with it. And now there's a rumble to determine the new champion. Oh, of course, you think you think Mark Magnum doesn't think he should be at the top of that list for people that are going to win? Of course. Now, if it comes down to a, a former brother in the code, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But at the end of the day, trust and believe Mark Magnum plans on being the next FGW champion. Uh, speaking of that, too, say say you won and became the FGW champion. What would you do if Trice came after you for the title? Well, one, I don't think Trice would do that because of our bond. But if it happened, like I just said, let the chips fall where they may. That, that That's, you know, you know, a topic for another conversation if we get to that point. But as of right now, the goal is to make sure that nobody from FGW gets the title. At least that's my goal is to make sure that nobody from FGW gets that title and give them just a small essence of the code still being around. I know you're so frustrated and all that from this past Saturday as well, you know, because you've been, you know, uh, posting and making videos on, you know, Facebook as well. And I know what how you think about, you know, Shea Solo and, you know, Jay West and all that. So uh, when you get back into doing your business in the ring, who are you um, mainly going after first? on your whole agenda. Well, I, I, like I, 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 you're remarkable. I just told you I'm not going to break the rules of kayfabe. Whether the code's alive, dead, on life support, whatever is going on, I will not break kayfabe. I will not tell you my plan. My plan, and the only plan I'll tell you, is being the next FGW champion. That's my next plan. <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot of tough competitors, man. Um, you got a lot. Of course, you got like Trice, you got Mitch 
you know, Magnus, um, you got Cody Hawk, you got Sean Casey, you got Pretty Little Cycle, Shauna Reed, um, you got William Wolf. Shoot, you also, what's your thoughts about uh, Heavy Metal Viking Hooks? It seems like he's causing an uproar as well in the locker room. For me, with Hooks, I think it's kind of ironic because when the code was taken over, all of a sudden Hooks stepped away. Now all of a sudden the code's no more, and all of a sudden now Hooks wants to step back into the spotlight. I, I kind of think that's ironic that a guy that was supposed to be one of the backbones of FGW had no backbone when it came time to go toe-to-toe with the code. Where did he go? I mean, at least at least Super Zeta had an excuse. He got deported. At least my little brother had an excuse. He got injured. The Blackhawk, he got injured. What, what, what was what was what was Hooks' excuse for not being around? What was Hooks' excuse for not being on the side of FGW when they needed him the most? What, what, instead of you asking me questions about my thoughts on Hooks, you need to ask Hooks, where was he at when FGW needed him most? Maybe you need to do a podcast with him and ask him some of the tough questions you're trying to ask me. I definitely will. That's my next person I'm going to go up to. I'm going to ask Heavy Metal Viking Hooks what, you know, his, you know, whole situation was because, you know, it seems see, like... See, Robert, he hasn't even been around in so long. We barely even knew what his name was. We could barely <laughs> even get his name right because he's been so irrelevant at FGW for so long. Now, like I said, he wants to come back when the when the code's no more and then try to ride on in like he's a hero when he didn't do a damn thing to stop us besides run. Now we're gone and he's back. It's ironic and I think it's funny. And if I, he's another one. If I get in there with him, we'll have a, we'll have our little go at it when we get to it. I don't know. I think I think he'll beat the living crap out of you in the ring. He's a pretty tough competitor. Uh, so, in other words, now you're going to doubt me after all the things you've seen me do in my career because you've been there for a lot of them recently in the last couple of years, Robin. All oh. of a sudden, why? Because Hooks has a hardcore match. He does these death matches and all this blood and guts. I'm supposed to be enamored or scared by hooks. I'm not scared by hooks. I've wrestled hooks before and beat him, might I add. So I'm not scared of hooks. What he does in the ring or some of the antics that he pulls off, yeah, whatever. Thumbtacks and tables and barbed wire bats. You think I haven't dealt with some of that in my career? You think I haven't dealt with guys like hooks in my career, Robin? Because it came down to it. Hooks would get laid down just like anybody else in the FGW locker room. Yes, I have followed your career, and I loved what you got. You had some pretty tough matches, and you fought some very tough individuals in the ring as well. And then when the whole you know code thing started, you know I was pretty shocked. I was like, why would Milton Mark Magnum join a group where he can? Um, st- kick ass in the ring and do everything himself instead of having a bunch of group of guys backing them up. And you know something? I'm kind of glad the code did break up. You know why? Because you're better off with them. And um, you're going to be like doing a lot of retribution and I'm going to sit back and just watch it and eat some popcorn. Listen, Robin, the reason the code started up, and I thought we talked about this before, but if we haven't, I'll explain it right now. It was a group of guys trying to make a statement. It was a group of guys. Trice was getting blocked on getting into the company. I was getting blocked on getting into the company. Solo and Bullet, them in Grateful Jackals. They weren't even getting booked properly on the show. Steve wasn't getting booked properly on the show. Fallen wasn't getting the proper spotlight on the show. Jonas I didn't even know who Jonas was until he joined the code. J.C. Flash was just an afterthought in the locker room. There was a lot of guys in the code that were not being used. Super Zeta wasn't doing nothing until we joined the code. 
Yeah, let's let's. So for you to sit there and act like it's a great day that the code was is is now over. You overlook the fact and 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 the and the stuff that we did to enhance those guys and to enhance FGW. Yeah, we might have been the the group that was taken over, but we made things better. We got fans to show up despite us being in control, no matter how much they hated us. At the end of the day, they showed up maybe to see us get our asses kicked. But they also showed up to see what we were going to do next because we were that damn good. Also, speaking of J.C. Flash, I, I, I have something to tell you. That guy is not entertaining at all, and he can't wrestle worth a whip. But then they had the same breath. You'll probably say somebody like Ricky Glam is funny, or he is entertaining. I'm sorry. Ricky Glam is the biggest bore I have ever seen in the history of a wrestling company anywhere I've ever been. He's a joke. He's a fraud. He does not know how to dress. And then you're going to insult J.C. Flash, a man who comes suited and booted every week. He comes out dressed to the nines, looking like a man supposed to look. Well, you got a circus clown like like Jace, like 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 Ricky Glam, looking like he just got recycled out of a box of crayons because he's so damn colorful. Hey, so don't tell me nothing. J.C. Flash is one of the most entertaining, underrated guys we had in the code. I don't know where he's where his where his head's at since the code's disbanded. But at the same time, I'll give J.C. Flash all the credit in the world. Don't appreciate him losing to Ricky Glam. But I'm not going to sit there and let you say he has no talent or he's not entertaining. Because Ricky Glam is far, far out of the same class as J.C. Flash. Well, J.C. Flash is just a wannabe Harvey Whippleman, in my opinion. Harvey Whippleman. How are you going to insult J.C. Flash like that? that? That's terrible that you would even say that to me, Robin. You better have some better questions. We're about to wrap this up. All right. Since the code has fallen and, you know, you have a few of the brothers, you know, siding with you and you're not quite sure about where the other ones are thinking and heading as well. And also, you know, you got Jackson as well. So, and we know your goal is to, you know, to get the FGW uh, Heavyweight Championship as well. And, um... Also, I'm going to ask a question, you know, how the, the whole cult started. Let's go back a little bit. Um, we talked to this about before um, when you guys were, you know, complaining that you guys weren't, you know, uh, getting paid attention to, you know, on the FGW roster and the matches as well. Um, you uh, were part of the city of Hamilton and then you tried your best to try to close down FGW. But for some reason, it didn't work. Well, to be, this is one thing I will tell you when I will shoot on this. I was never a part of the city of Hamilton. I was never the liaison of the city of Hamilton. Brian Levitt pointed that out when he when he finally threw me out there and threw me under the bus. And, and yeah, I was never a part of the city of Hamilton. I was never the liaison. It was all a front and it was all a ploy for Jackson to get more time and more ability to be able to get me back into the ring, to get Trice into the ring. Because like I said earlier, Trice was getting blocked by Brian to come into the company. The owner of the company didn't want Trice in it. He didn't want Trice to be a part of it. He didn't want me to be a part of it, truth be told. He wanted me, well, you, you'd be a, a, a good consultant for the company, or you'd be one of the, a good locker room leader. He didn't want to see me come back into the ring. He wanted me to be a consultant or, or an agent or somebody that was going to help the guys in the back. I'm not at that stage in my career, and I don't think so. Not at all. I had medical documentation that I showed to Jackson, that I showed to Brian. Jackson, at the end of the day, Brian's the owner, and Jackson had, he couldn't do nothing about it until he pulled some strings. 
and did what Jackson does. And that's why Jackson gets paid as well as he does, because he does his job. There might be times when me and Jackson have had words. There might have been times when me and Jackson weren't on the same page. And there might have been times when I thought Jackson might have been slacking on some of his duties when he wasn't showing up to every show. But one thing I can say, he got me back into a ring. He got Trice back into a ring. He did what he promised. Unfortunately, us as the code couldn't fulfill our end of the promise. Well, Jackson Breeze, you guys had your ups and downs as well. For a while, you were doubting him, saying he wasn't doing his job for the code and the reason why he wasn't always around. The reason why he wasn't around, he was out there doing code business, making sure you guys get some great benefits and getting FGW out there into the real world. I'll, I'll give you that. With, with Jackson, when we finally took over as the code, our pay went up. I'll say that right now. Our pay went up. Our consideration went up. You know, our stock went up in the company. I, I, I'll give you that. Yeah, we did have our problems. There were times when we didn't communicate as, as well as we should have, being that I, we were co-producing this. We were co-doing this together as a team. We, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like my grandma used to say, you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. And I think that's at the end, and this is exactly what I've been talking about this whole time, about everybody having their own agenda towards the end of the code. I had my agenda of taking over the company. Other guys had their own agendas of, of ending their brother in a casket match or whatever the case may be, ending Ryan Michaels if, if you're Eric Fallen. Whatever the case may be to where they got so consumed by that one agenda that they forgot the grand scheme of things and the big picture and they lost sight of the fact that, hey, if I lose this and I lose everything, there's going to be no more code. And that's exactly what happened. Everybody started doing their own thing, having their own mind, not thinking as a team and thinking more as individuals. And when you're in a group setting, in a team, in a faction, in a group, whatever you want to call us, and when you have individuals that aren't thinking as a team, it, it's never going to succeed. And I think that's why the code's no more. I think that's why the code is not around as much as I hate to say it, because I think we'd still be doing damage if we all could have gotten on the same page. I got another question for you as well. Um, I did the exclusive interview after the show with them. What do you think about this mysterious group, Darkness Worldwide? You know, I, I was out there doing that, and I've known Dave for a while, and he's an excellent photographer, and I did not see this coming. Do I care? Not really, because I don't know what their agenda is. But at the same time, it was a shock to me, just for the sheer fact that this guy has been at FGW shows, hell, he was in that, he was at other companies that we worked for shows, taking pictures. And for me, as a performer, as a, as a professional wrestler, I just thought he was a photographer. And now, we've got Darkness Worldwide, and they've got, was it Harley Fair, Fairfax, and, the, and, and we've got Amos, who has, I guess, officially awoken now, or awakened now, or however you say it, I don't care, I'm from the street, and I'll talk how I want to talk, but I guess he's awakened now. I guess that's what that is. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, Amos is capable. I'll give him that. All he's capable. So, I mean, I don't know what, what the plan is, but as long as it don't interfere with me, I don't care. Also, what were your thoughts, what uh, Amos did to Brian Beach, you know, on his final match and his final time in a ring? What did you think about that? How, how he, like, um, just like destroyed him. Um, my perspective's this: uh, I wrestled Brian Beach many times, and 
He's won some. I've won some. And FGW or Code aside, there was a level of respect there. And there was a level of, you know, not camaraderie because we were the Code and he was FGW. But there was that level of knowing, okay, Brian Beach is a real player. He's, he's, he's a real commodity. And for Amos to do such a classless, jackass of a move at a time when, I mean, I've had my problems with Brian Beach. I've had plenty of problems that haven't even been brought to light, honestly. But I've had my problems with Brian Beach. And even me, even me being a hated guy that does dirty stuff, I wouldn't even have done what Amos did to Brian Beach the night that he retired from this business. You're going to go out there and let the man celebrate and explain to the fans why and get his emotion. you got other wrestlers in the ring crying because they love this man so much and hate to see him go. And then Amos comes out there, making it, honestly, at first, making it look genuine, giving him a hug, making it seem like he gave a damn that he was retiring, and then just to go and flip the script and attack him and, you know, try to take him out when the man was already having, that was one of the reasons he was retiring, was because of the shoulder problem. And then you put him in a cross face and try to just further end this man's career. His career is over, you know? So why would you end his livelihood? You can call me an evil, dirty heel all, all you want, and I'll agree with you. But there's some things I won't even do, and that's damn sure one of them. Exactly. Since we know um, what you're going to plan on doing with FGW, so from there, since the codes is abandoned, um, you're going to get retribution on some certain wrestlers. Um, you're eyeing for the FGW, you know, heavyweight champion and hoping you'll get the gold. So where else do you go from there? Where does militant Mark Magnum go from there as well? Anywhere I want to go. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm never going to limit myself. I mean, even if I became the FGW champion, I'd still want more. I'd still have an appetite. I'd still be hungry. So, I mean, for me, like I've told you before, I'm not going to tell you my plan. So that's not going to happen. But at the same time, I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be relevant. I'm going to do what I have to do to show these fans why they should have appreciated the code while we were around. Because trust and believe, they're going to miss us since we're going to be gone now. These fans are going to miss us. They're going to miss the code. They're going to miss the reaction and what we did to people out there, the violence, the anger, the frustration that we brought to the table. These fans are going to miss us, but I damn sure don't miss them. So, and your thoughts on Brian Levick, what do you think he's going to end up doing next since he's got full control of FGW? Well, he can't fire me. I know that much because I've got a, not an ironclad, but I've got a strong contract, just like Jackson has an ironclad contract. Brian cannot fire any of us whether we were still with the code, whether you're Shea Solo and Bullet and left the code, we all are still contracted through FTW. That's why we tried to have the match with Jonas and Brian Levick so we could officially take full control of the company and take full control of our contract. Now it goes back to that we work for Brian. Now we're his property. Now until my contract expires, I am beholden to him. Yes, Jackson still books the matches. So he will have some say-so on what goes down and who does what and all that. But at the end of the day, Jonas lost. We all lost. Brian is now officially 100% in control of the company, but he can't fire a damn one of us. 
I bet you do. I can see that little devious smile. You're probably having it right now. You better believe it, because there's nothing he can do about it. I mean, uh, you can say what you want, Robin. He may not. He might have. He might have hated how we took control initially and all that. But in the meantime, while all that was going on, contracts were being signed to where no matter what happened, because we're, let's be real, I knew there was a chance we could lose. There was a chance that the code would be no more. So in my mind, and in Jackson's mind, and even in Trice's mind, we were all thinking ahead. What if we do lose? What happens then? Because if we don't have ironclad or at least strong contracts that can't be revoked by Brian, more than likely he's not going to let us work for him. And since we got Jackson on the ball, got in contact with Jackson's attorney, who was a hell of an attorney, I might add, and got me a great contract, making the same money I was making while I was with the code. So I'm fine with my contract. I'm fine with what's going on. But Brian can't do nothing. He can't fire us. He can't nothing. Unless I physically put my hands on the man and assault him, there's nothing he can do. I don't think Brian Levick wants to have anything to do with you. I think he's just happy running his own company again. Brian Levick should be scared we're still in his locker room, honestly. Because for me, yeah, the coach dead. Doesn't mean I still don't want FTW to die, too. Oh, I know. I, I have a feeling you and Jackson have a lot of stuff up your sleeves and I have a feeling you guys will try to bring FGW down like you did before, but it's never going to happen because FGW will always stand strong. Yeah, you, you can thank that, Robin. Go ahead. That's fine. All right. Thank you so much time uh, to come on, you know, uh, to talk with me tonight as well. So where can everybody find you on social media if they want to know what you're up to and your matches and your hijinks? Uh, on Instagram, it's the Militant Marvel 513 on Facebook. You just type in Mark Magnum and you'll find me. Same with Twitter. I mean, you can find me if you go on, if you go on uh, Google and Google, you can find my YouTube page. If you Google Mark Magnum, Mark spelt with a K, you can find me anywhere you type. You go on a, a Gmail or a, not Gmail, but if you go on Google and type me in, you'll find me. Trust me. I'm a big deal. All right. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure having you on. I, I love, you know, having you on and, uh, you know, interviewing you sometimes as well. Yeah, 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 Robin. The pleasure is all yours. Get off my phone. All right. And everybody else, uh, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. Good night. Good night.